Jeremiah 2.13 For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. About 600 years before Christ, the nation of Judah was facing difficult times. The northern kingdom of Israel was history, taken into Assyrian captivity. Manasseh and his son Ammon, very wicked kings, had led the nation into idolatry. Young Josiah, son and grandson of such kings, struggled to do what was right. In the thirteenth year of Josiah's reign, God called a young priest to be his prophet. His name was Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came into the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Just as God formed Jeremiah in the belly, God formed all of us in the womb. What God has designed, men, for he will call them to do. Original endowment, not education, makes a prophet. What God has designed, men, for he will call them to do. Original endowment, not education, makes a prophet. Jeremiah became a prophet, a young man himself. He was about 20 years old at this time, and he was hesitant to speak. We see that in chapter 1, verse 6. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. God did not accept his youth as an excuse. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 1, 7, 8. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. In his first assignment as God's prophet, Jeremiah was sent with a message to Jerusalem, recalling their past faithfulness. We see that in chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness in a land that was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. The house of Jacob and all the families of the house of Israel bemoaning their apostasy into idolatry. That's in verses 4 through 11. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me, that they are gone far from me, and have walked after vanity, and are become vain? Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through, and where no man dwelt? And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof, and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, ye defiled my land, and made mine heritage an abomination. The priest said not, Where is the Lord? 
and they handled the law, knew not me. The pastors also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied Baal, and walked after things that do not profit. Wherefore I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. For pass over the isles of Chittim and see, and send on the Kedar, and consider diligently, and see if there be such a thing. Hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Change their glory for that which doth not profit. How many people who are saved children of God have changed the glory of God in their life for that which doth not profit? It may give them pleasure for a season, but it doth not profit. They've exchanged the glory of God on their life. They've exchanged the blessings of God on their life for that which doth not profit. So calling for the heavens to look on in astonishment and great fear as God accused his people of committing two great evils. That's in Jeremiah 2, 12-13. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, saith the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Forsaking their God, the fountain of of living waters. They were forsaking their God, the fountain of living waters. They were forsaking their God and going after the things of the world, going after the things that do not profit. They have exchanged the blessing of God, exchanged following their God, exchanged having God in their life, and gone after that which doth not profit. They are forsaking God and going after the fountain, forsaking God, the fountain of living waters, and going after that which doth not Prophet. Living water here was used to donate springs, fountains, running streams, as opposed to stale and stagnant water. They forsake the living water for the stagnant water. They forsake the living water, the blessings of God, for the deadness of the world, for the stagnation of the world. They forsake God for the world. They opposed God and embraced the world. Now their second great evil is hewning for themselves broken cisterns that can hold no water. Cisterns were tanks for rainwater, hewn or cut out of stone. At best they could only offer stagnant water, dead water. Broken with cracks they could not even retain this rainwater. So they were forsaking the God, forsaking the living water, forsaking God's blessing, forsaking living in harmony with God, living a life for God, receiving the blessings of God, and they exchange that for hewning for themselves out broken cisterns that can hold no water. They are exchanging life, living water, for dead, stagnant, useless water. They are exchanging the pleasures of this world, the temporary pleasures of this world. They were taking that and forsaking God. They were living after the things of the world, and forsaking God, forsaking the living water in exchange for this dead, stagnant water that could profit them very little, and forsaking the living water, 
the springs of living water, the fountains of living water, the streams of living water, forsaking that, and instead hewing for themselves out broken cisterns that can only hold at best dead, stagnant water. Could we be guilty of a similar evils today? To guide this may into our own peril, very much so. To see how, let's examine closer the two great evils spoken of in Jeremiah 2:13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. So forsaking the fountain of living waters, evil number one, forsaking the fountain of living waters. Israel forsook her fountain. God was Israel's fountain of living waters, just as God is our blessing today, our source of life, our source of strength, our source of blessing, our source of goodness. He was to Israel then as well. So God was Israel's fountain of living waters, who delivered her from the Egyptian bondage, chapter 2, verse 6, who led her through the wilderness wanderings, chapter 2, verse 6, who brought her into the land of milk and honey, chapter 2, verse 7. Israel forgot her God, beginning with her own priests and rulers. We see that in chapter 2, verse 8. So the, the forgetting of God started with the priests. The forgetting of God started with the rulers. Now that would be translated to our the, the pastors of today or the, the governmental rulers of today. The Bible tells us in Israel's time, the downfall, the forgetting of God started at that point and filtered down to the people. So beginning with their priests and rulers, in chapter 2, verse 8, The priests said not, Where is the Lord? And they handled the law and knew me not. The priests said not, Where is the Lord? And they that handled the law knew me not. That's very reflective of today. Those that handle our law, those that make our laws, those that sign our laws, those that are in our legislature, our Congress, our Senate, governors, those that, they that handle the law knew me not. That's very reflective of our times right now. The majority, I would say, of those that handle our law today do not know God. They that handle the law knew me not. But also the first part of the priest said not, where is the Lord? Do we see a lot of so-called priests, pastors, bishops today that don't even bother to consult the Bible? They just make proclamations. They're, they're praying over abortion clinics. They're they're embracing a homosexual lifestyle. They're, they're doing all these things that are, that are anti-God, anti-Bible. The priest said not, where is the Lord? They're not consulting the Bible. They're not consulting the Lord on these things. They're doing what is right in their own eyes. Not in what's right in God's eyes or right according to the Bible. They're doing what is right in their own eyes. The priest said not, where is the Lord? And they that handled the law knew me not. So it started with the priest. It started with those that handled the law, forsaking them. So God was Israel's fountain living water. Israel forgot her God, beginning with her own priests and rulers. From one generation to the next, it's mentioned in, ch in chapter 2, verse 9, Wherefore I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. God was showing mercy, multi-generational mercy God was showing. It's also reflected in our country today. We've, this isn't something new where our, those that handle the law do not know the Lord, or those that are in the churches that are priests in charge, bishops, a lot of them do not know the Lord or consult the Lord. This is multi-generational going on now in our country. And unlike other nations that were true to their gods, they were true to their false gods, Israel left their God, 
for other gods that are around them. Israel changed their glory, God, into that which did not profit. That's Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 11. Hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? These other nations are true to their gods, which are not gods. But my people who have the true God have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Again, a great parallel to our country. We had the true God. The true God, we had placed him first in our country for the most part. We had the true God, and our country is drifting after false gods. So Israel forsook our fountain. There we say, we have forsaken our fountain too. We have our fountain of living waters, of which Jesus promised during his ministry to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, to all who believe in him in John chapter 7, of which Jesus later revealed to the Apostle John, regarding our state between death and a resurrection in Revelation chapter 7, regarding our eternal destiny in New Jerusalem, Revelation chapter 22. Dare we forget our God, who through Jesus and his Spirit offers to us in this life a fountain springing up into everlasting life? John chapter 4, verse 14, But whoso drinketh of the water which I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. Rivers of living water flowing from our hearts. John chapter 7, verse 38. Who through Jesus and his Spirit promises to us after this life to lead us to living fountains of water. Revelation chapter 7. A pure river of water of life proceeding from the throne of God. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. We face a very real possibility of departing from the living God. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We as Christians today can do what Israel did back then. We can leave the living water, hewn out our own cisterns, and embrace the stagnant dead water of the world. We can embrace the world, live for the world. We can reject God's glory, reject God's blessing, reject living for God, reject everything there is to do about living for God. We can reject the living fountain of God, His blessings, the life we should have in Him, the will we should have in Him, the way we should be living for him, in him, and through him, we can reject all that, reject that living water, and hewn us out cisterns, take in this stagnant, dead water of the world, and live after that. The Bible tells us that can give us pleasure for a season, but it does not last. And the cracks will come in our cisterns, and all that water will drain out, and we'll be left with nothing. Because we rejected the living water of God. We took in the stagnant, dead water of the world, which which will help us, pleasure us for a brief season, and then we're going to get that crack in our cistern, that water is going to drain out, and we'll be left with nothing. Forsaking our fountain of living water occurs when we substitute with it broken cisterns that promise that do not deliver. Consider what Judah had done, hewning out cisterns that hold no water. Israel had her broken cisterns, false gods like Baal, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 8. False prophets who spoke in the name of Baal. Jeremiah 2, 8. A false sense of prosperity of which God forewarned. 
That's in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Israel foolishly left God for what were poor substitutes. Again, many Christians today will foolishly leave God, foolishly leave the life of living for God, foolishly leave the life of following what the Bible says and doing what the Lord wants them to do for their life, foolishly leave that, put that aside, and embrace and take in poor substitutes of dead, stagnant water. Ask yourself, are you hewning out broken cisterns? Are we hewning out broken cisterns that are going to hold the dead, stagnant water of the world for a time, for a season? They'll hold that dead, dead stagnant water of the world for a season. Then those cracks will come, and it will all drain out, and it will be gone, and we'll be left with nothing when we could have had the spring, the fountain, the streams, the never-ending source of living water from God. Are we rejecting that, and are we hewning out broken cisterns of our own? We can be guilty of going after false gods today. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5. Ephesians 5, verse 5. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And then Colossians 3, verse 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Are we hewning out broken cisterns as materialism, as immorality? Are we hewning out broken cisterns which are in a form of idolatry? We can be guilty of heeding false prophets and false teachers. We find that in Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift, swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. We can be guilty of heeding false prophets as well. There's many false prophets out there today. There's many unchristian false prophets, and there are also many who claim to be Christian who are false prophets out there today. We need to be wary of these false prophets. We need to compare their teaching against Scripture. Be on the lookout for false prophets who will lead us into heresy, into things that just are not of God. They will lead us into things that are contrary to Jesus, contrary to what real prayer should be, contrary to the unity of the Spirit. John chapter 17, Ephesians chapter 4. Others who offer false hopes, new agers, false religions, get-rich-quick schemers, prosperity, gospel. They offer us false hope. They offer us dead hope. They offer us a cistern that has cracks in it filled with stagnant, dead water. may help us for a season, or we may, it may appear we may think it's helping us for a season, but it's just stagnant, dead water in a cistern we've hewn out because we've forsaken the living water of God. We can be guilty of a false sense of prosperity. Revelation chapter 3, 17-18 Believing we are spiritually secure when we are not. When we are in grave danger, we need to make sure that we are saved. Make sure we have accepted Christ as our Savior. Don't let a false prophet give you a false sense of security. 
Make sure your calling and election is sure. Make sure it is biblical. Make sure what you're believing on and resting on for your eternal salvation is biblical and true and right. Don't be basing your eternal future on a broken cistern. Base your eternal future on the God of living water, on Jesus Christ, on, on faith in him, not faith in your broken cistern. Adam Clark in his commentary describes the two evils committed by Israel. He said, first they forsook God, the fountain of life, light, prosperity, and happiness. Secondly, they hewn out broken cisterns. They joined themselves to idols from which they could receive neither temporal nor spiritual good. Their conduct was the excess of folly and blindness. How much more would it be an excess of folly and blindness for us today to forsake God, to forsake Jesus, to forsake the Holy Spirit, to forsake God's will for our life by neglecting our devotion, by neglecting our obedience, by neglecting the Word of God, by neglecting church, by neglecting His will, forsaking the living water, forsaking the fountain of living water, forsaking the blessings of God, and then spend some time hewning out our own cisterns so we can catch that stagnant water, so we can catch that water of the world and enjoy it for a brief season and forsake for eternity the fountain of living water, to spend more time drinking from our broken cisterns, drinking from the teachings of the world, drinking from the traditions of the world, drinking from what the world tells you, what the world says is fun, what the world says is good for you, what the world says you should do, taking that in and forsaking the living water, taking in the dead water and forsaking the living water. Many Christians are guilty of this today. Many Christians need to get this right. Many Christians need to recognize this in their life. They are drinking from a cistern. They've hewn out themselves as full of stagnant, stinking, dead water of the world. And they need to embrace the fountain of living water. They're forsaking the fountain of living water of God, but they need to embrace that fountain of living water, the living word of God. May the unfortunate example of Judah serve as a warning as to where we get our water. We may never be open to the wonderful invitation extended at the end of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst, Come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. It's free. It's the water of life. We're invited over and over again to partake of it. Come. Come. Let whosoever will come take of the water of life freely. The living water. Quit drinking the water in, in your own cistern that's dead and dirty and filthy of the world, contaminated by the world. Take that living water of God. Embrace that living water of God. Turn away from that broken cistern that's only going to give you that dead water filthy water that you that looks so attractive to you right now. It's only going to give that to you for a season. Then those cracks are to come is going to drain out and be left with nothing. But Jesus is inviting you, come. Come. Come take of the water of life freely. Come. Are you drinking from the water of life? Or are you drinking from broken cisterns that can hold no water? <laughs>